<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Um, I was raised up sheltered, but sheltered in a good way. Um, raised up two-parent household, um, loving parents. Um, education was important. Um, communication was important. So, I had a pretty safe childhood a little too safe sometimes but it was the same childhood that i'm grateful for now <laughs> right, okay. so what were the roles of your parents in the household so both of my parents worked up until when i was pretty young my father got into a really bad car accident so he became disabled he's able to you know walk on his own but it took a lot for him to be able to walk and sit for longer than five to 10 minutes without being in complete agony. So, you know, he was temporarily not able to work and then he went back to the workforce. But my mom, my mom has been in public school system all my life, all my oldest brother's life. And he's, he's 50. So, you know, she was in the school system before he was born since she was 19, you know? So, my father worked with his hands. My mother was, you know, in the education system. And she actually made sure that he went back to school because he left school to go join the army. Mm-hmm. And she said, everybody in this house is to be an educated person. We don't we don't live with dummies and we don't raise dummies. Mm-hmm. So you gonna make sure you get this education. We ain't doing no GED, you going to get a diploma. Because at that time, GEDs and diplomas were total opposites nobody took you serious so he actually graduated from the same high school that my oldest brother and myself graduated from love it love it love it shout out to mom shout out to the parents and you mentioned you got one older brother do you have any other siblings oh there's a lot of us um (laughs) the joy of children laughing It is true, the makings of you. What's up, beautiful people? It's your host, Drake, or B. Drake, with Everything Culture. And we're back with another Makings of You. And this morning, this evening, this afternoon, we have the great Baby Doll. Thank you for joining us today, Baby Doll. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. 
as we were just talking about a moment ago, we've been talking about doing this for some time, but we actually had time to make it come around, but it all works out in that way. So have you listened to the makings of you before? Not yet. Okay. Just checking. Do you have any clinics, anything nearby? Yes, I do. Okay, then. Can we good then? You know, just, you know, we no one's saying you may need them, but you know, just in case would be cool. But Sir, you made me cry before, so look here. See, and let's say <laughs> And it wasn't intentional. It's just conversation, you know, that we just talk. That's what it's all about. It's just a conversation. And wherever that conversation goes, we rock with it. But we don't want to hold everybody up. We want to get to know more about you. So once again, it makes you a deep dive, understanding of our future guests, where we get to know them on a more of a personal level. We're going to ask you about your childhood, upbringing, background, and some of the things all about you. There's no wrong answers from you because this is the makings of you. Nobody can tell us about Baby Doll like Baby Doll can tell us about Baby Doll. So are you ready for our first question? I think so. Okay, I think so. We okay with think so. Okay, Baby Doll, how would you define yourself? I would define myself as someone that is strong, intelligent, spiritual, um, but I'm not so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. Mm. I love to laugh. I love to. I'm simple, not complicated at all. So pay attention to the contour and the eyeshadow. I'm a simple girl, (laughs) but I'm a tomboy at heart. Okay, we love it. Okay, say simple. All right, what cultures do you represent? I have. 100% 100% black in me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a black woman. There's other cultures that are in my bloodline, but they're not documented to where I can get tangible documents. So we weren't raised up learning our culture, but I'm starting to learn on my own now. Okay. So okay. we're listening. We're learning. Thank you. Yeah. Where are you from? I am from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Close to Detroit, so if anybody asks, <laughs> I'm only a couple hours away. Uh, we have a pre previous guest that's actually from Grand Rapids. That's why I just popped in my okay. attention. I got to hit my guy Mundo up. Okay, okay. All right. Do you mind sharing your age with us? I just turned 36 today. <laughs> oh, congratulations and happy birthday. Hold on, let me yeah. see. I ain't got it together. Let me see. No, we celebrate. We love birthdays, and they, so if it's thirty-seven today, today is the oh, the thirtieth of October. I am thirty-six on the thirtieth. You just gave me an extra year. What did I say? Thirty-seven. Thirty-six. <laughs> my bad, y'all. You know, plays mess up. You know, my apologies. Mm-hmm. I'm too excited. So thirty-six. So, what is your sign? What's it? What's this? What's the sign? What's the Scorpio? Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. A true blue Scorpio. Okay, true blue Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't even know what that means, but I'm gonna rock with it. Okay, that means like the epitome of a Scorpio. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, how would you define your childhood and upbringing? Um, I was raised up sheltered, but sheltered in a good way. Um, raised up two-parent household, um, loving parents. Um, education was important. Um, communication was important. So I had a 
pretty safe childhood. It looks too safe sometimes, but it was a safe childhood that I'm grateful for now. <laughs> so what were the roles of your parents in the household? So both of my parents worked up until when I was pretty young, my father got into a really bad car accident. So he became disabled. He's able to, you know, walk on his own, but it took a lot for him to be able to walk and sit for longer than five to 10 minutes without being in complete agony. So, you know, he was temporarily not able to work. And then he went back to the workforce. But my mom, my mom has been in the public school system all my life, all my oldest brother's life. And he's, he's 50. So, you know, she was in the school system before he was born since she was 19, you know? So my father worked with his hands. My mother was, you know, in the education system and she actually made sure that he went back to school because he left school to go join the army. And she said, everybody in this house is to be an educated person. We don't we don't live with dummies and we don't raise dummies. So you going to make sure you get this education. We ain't doing no GED. You're going to get a diploma because at that time, GEDs and diplomas were total opposites. Nobody took you serious. So he actually graduated from the same high school that my oldest brother and myself graduated from. Love it, love it, love it. Shout out to mom, shout out to the parents. And you mentioned you got one older brother. Do you have any other siblings? Oh, there's a lot of us. Um, <laughs> So my mother had my oldest brother, Cedrics, and my father has his oldest son, Tyvon. And then my father has a daughter older than me, Tanisa, and a son a little bit older than me, Andre. And then I come in right after Andre for both of them. And then my parents decided together to adopt my 26-year-old little brother, Trayvon, and then my 23-year-old little sister, Miyaza. Which for anyone wanting to know what that means, it's Swahili for beautiful one. Wow. Oh my goodness. So I lost count. So... In total, was that seven? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that is now that was what we call a blended family right there. That is beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Now, and, oh, I may need to talk to them about the, uh, the adoption. You know, that's my thing. Listen, it was it was an interesting adoption. So my sister was adopted through family, mm. and my brother was in the system already. And the caseworker that was putting together um, the adoption process for my sister was like, hey, you got to take a look at this kid. He's a sweetheart. I think he'd be perfect in your home. You know, and Marie, she like kept asking my mom. My mom was like, I'm done. No more kids. That's it. Close my file. (laughs) So she was like, no, I really need you to take a look at this one. And, you know, she's like, all right, I'll go meet him. And her and my father went to meet my little brother, and they were like, yeah, we got to take him home. Wow. Wow. I love that. Like, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. And you know know what I do. You know my background. So so that that really means a lot. Um, It's a a game changer for real in life for numerous people and numerous reasons. So once again, shout out to everyone. Shout out to the family. So did you have any pets growing up? 
Oh, Lord. So, yes, I did. I had goldfish because I was allergic to everything else. Mm. <laughs> this one don't play with snakes. So that was definitely not an option. No, I so when I was a baby, my parents went to a, I think it was the fair. Mm -hmm. And they brought home this little goldfish. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even a year old. So this goldfish grew up with me up until I was about 16. So this little bitty goldfish that normally don't last a week at home was this big before it unfortunately was taken by some algae eaters. Ah, one thing so, cold-blooded, ain't they? So I had that one and then my mom added a few more. And then over the summer, you know, you can't keep your pets in school. So she brought her fish home. And my aunt told her, hey, um, you know, you should get some algae eaters. It's a lot easier than cleaning the tank because we had a huge tank. You know, we had the coral in there. We had the rocks. We had all that stuff and the filtration system. And my father was cleaning it like once every other week because it was getting bad. You know, with all these fish in here, it's like 10 fish now. <laughs> and you got my big old fish in there. So she listened to my mother and they went to Meyer. And anybody in Michigan knows Meyer, you do not go get fish from there. <laughs> and she did. A week later, the tank was starting to look a little funky and so were the fish. So all of them was done for. Mm. All 10 of them were gone. The last one that passed was my fish. I came home from school one day and I was like, something don't look right in this tank. It's a little too quiet over here. Usually they hear a door, anything, they start swimming around and I didn't see anything. And I'm like, hold on, what what's this? So went over and Goldie was floating. Goldie wasn't swimming no more. And I lost it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want another fish. Let's bring another fish in this house. I mean, I was going off. My mom was like, girl, calm down. I'm like, no. <laughs> fish is the same age as me. <laughs> like, we set a record here. Yeah, and I was about to say. I was like, you let these old punk algae eaters kill my fish. I, I was going to say, we had... um we had an aquarium. We had them algae eaters as well, and they will take your fish out. You know that happened yeah. numerous times to us. Goodness, I want to have people learn that yet. So, <laughs> no, and I don't think people learn that you don't go get fish from Meyer. If you in Michigan and you have a Meyer in your city, do not go get your kids no fish because they only gonna last a week. If I don't know. I don't know nothing about no Meyers, but hey, I believe they you. Are you word for it. I'm <laughs> word like for it. It's literally like your local grocery store, even though it's a chain in the state of Michigan. It's a local grocery store for us. Okay. So, is it like Fred Myers or it's just Myers? It's just Meyer. Okay, okay. It's Frederick Meyer, but it's Myers. Do you know, uh, there are Fred Myers everywhere, but they may be the same. Is it like the? Do they use? Is it, it's not owned by Kroger's, I'm assuming. Uh. -uh. Okay. Okay. It's his own store. We'll get into that later. Amy. Yeah. That right now, we're back. We're talking about the makings of baby dolls. And so, if y'all are tuning in right now, thank you for listening. If you're watching, thank you for joining us right now. So, next question: Where is home? What do you What do you still believe is home? What's home to you? Um. So, <laughs> home to me was where my family was, where my heart is, mm -hmm. and. 
home, unfortunately, left January 6th of 2022. Mm. My mother passed away in my arms at the house. So that was home for me. And it's still difficult, but I'm learning how to properly grieve right now. It's not an easy thing, but I'm okay because I could be worse. But home for me is where every single one of my heartbeats are. You know, my heart is in Texas. My heart is in California. My heart is in uh, Florida. My heart is all over the place. You know, every single person that I deem as family, that is where my heart is. And that is, I have multiple homes. So my home travels. (laughs) I love it. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, what chores did you have? Did you have any chores coming up? Oh, I was a spoiled kid that had chores, but they weren't really chores. <laughs> it went from, okay, you got to wash the dishes. Okay, you got to do laundry. Okay, you got to iron clothes. Okay, just keep your damn room clean. Literally. <laughs> it boiled down to that after a while. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what it is, but my mama's kids, we kept the junkie room. It's like, we'll clean it up, but that room is going to be right back to being a tornado. And she's like, I don't understand how you function. I know where everything is. Don't touch nothing. Because the second you put it up, I don't know where it is. Trust me. I, 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 I've, I've experienced the same thing. And like, even as soon as we're done with this home, be thrown away, cleaning our drawers. So I absolutely understand. <laughs> Been there. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. What was your first sense of responsibility? First sense of responsibility was, I would have to say, finally learning how to take care of my own fish. And that was starting at the second grade. You got to make sure Goldie's fit. You got to make sure, you know, Goldie isn't stuck in any of the shrubbery that's in the tank. If you see something wrong with the tank, you need to let us know. Um, And then as you get older, it's make sure Goldie is, you know, taken care of. But at the same time, when you're old enough to come home from school by yourself or be home by yourself, you don't answer that door or that telephone for anybody but mama, daddy, and your brother. Mm. So that was me. I think I had to have been like 12, 13 around that time, maybe a little bit younger. Sixth, seventh grade or so. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Finally able to come home and be dropped off or take the bus home. And taking the bus was, uh, that was a bit much for me. I was like, the bus is ghetto. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. We're going to have a whole episode about kids who rode the bus and that whole experience. Trust me. Me and my, my buddy just texted me the other day that our bus from years ago had a car accident. We like, oh, no. I mean, an uh, accident. Like, oh, no, not bus 44. Like, we still rep- almost get tattoos with bus 44 on us. How much you represented that bus? I love it. But, oh, goodness, goodness. Thank you. Thank you. So if you didn't do your chores, how were you disciplined or redirected as a child? So I was a sensitive one. So all you had to do was say either go tell your dad what you did or get yelled at. Mm. Didn't I just tell you to clean that up? Go clean the kitchen. Go do this. Go do that. And you're just like, all right. You know, that can't stand you. 
But of course, I wasn't going to say that out loud. I knew better. Mm. Okay, okay. My mom didn't have to do too much strong hand discipline with me. Mm. I learned vicariously through everybody. So, you know, you got the oldest sibling saying or doing something, they got no business. Okay, clearly I can't say that. Or I had the pleasure of having a mother that would see somebody else's child acting up and literally say, if my child was to ever do something like that. And I'm like, but I'm sitting right here. I ain't moved. <laughs> but my child is about to get beat up. That was a certain type of communication. We we appreciate you. We appreciate you were receptive to that. Let's say that. Okay, okay, okay. So, what are and what were your beliefs? Uh, I was raised up Christian, non-denominational, um, and I was raised up in the religion aspect. And most people know when it comes to church, you know. Church folks believe in religion. Um, people that have a relationship believe in the spirituality of things. So I'm more spiritual than I am with the religious part where I'm doing things as a ritual. You know, like everybody goes to church on Sundays and whatever day Bible study is, whatever day choir rehearsal is, things like that. Me, church is at home. Bedside Baptist. <laughs> You know, I don't go as consistently as I should or as I like, but, you know, I still have my relationship. I still have my talks. You know, it's not just picking up your Bible or, you know, doing your meditation. It's you having a conversation with God saying, hey, this is what's going on with me. This is how I feel. This is going to be your first counselor. Sometimes he'll talk back. Sometimes he'll send somebody to talk to you. And he sent a few people. (laughs) You know? Oh, I know. Trust me, trust me. You adding the word and you adding that faith. That's what you got. You know, but we'll get into that later as well. Okay. But who has been the biggest influence in your life? My mother. She was the biggest influence in my life. She was definitely the one that... She was the one that taught me, don't take no crap from nobody. But at the same time, you don't have to be such a hard person. You don't have to be hard to like. You don't have to be hard to love. You can still be your soft self, but still have that stern, I'm not taking this from you. And she also taught me that even though you have the ammunition to destroy somebody, you don't use it. And there's been plenty of times where you want to unload that clip (laughs) you want to empty the clip with a quickness but I can still hear my mother saying it is not your responsibility to tear somebody down I didn't raise you that way absolutely wise words wise words thank you so if you could recommend a book a movie and a television series what would you recommend um hmm So my favorite book is Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. I recommend that book because it's it's dated, but it shows you how love worked in some dynamics. How somebody that's gone through some stuff still can learn how to be loving and caring and genuine with somebody. 
somebody that, you know, has loved and lost and loved and lost again and learned how to love and live afterwards. Um, movie, I would say Lackawanna Blues. Lackawanna Blues is one of my favorites because it is literally a melting Yes, it's a melting pot of different people there. You know, you have, and I'm going to take a quote, all the world's a stage. You literally have a boarding house full of actors telling you different walks of life, telling you this is what I went through, but they're showing you this is how I got over. Mm. Um, What else? So we got the book, we got the movie. Television series. Television series. Okay. Um, television series, I would say the Cosby's. Only reason why I say the Cosby's is because of Claire Huxtable. Mm. Claire Huxtable, I looked up to because that woman right there shows you that I am a strong, educated black woman and I am allowing my husband to lead. I am not stepping over him. I am not talking over him. I am not negating anything he says. He says he has a vision. He is a visionary. I am leading. I'm letting him lead. But at the same time, I correct him when he needs to be corrected. I lift him when he needs to be uplifted. It is showing the embodiment of what a woman should be. And of course you have, you know, the parent dynamics you know, never mind the comedy, but you have a two parent household of two wealthy, not rich, wealthy mm. because they had love. They had trust. They had understanding. They had communication and they had respect. And it's a lot of things that people are lacking right about now. Mm. Speak on it. You know, the <laughs> cultures, respect, communication and consistency. So we, we stand by that. We stand by that. All right, thank you. So we have the eyes of watching God, like I want a blues. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and the Cosby Show. Yes. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, if you can have a magic phone or a magic, you know, Zoom conference call, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. and you can have a conversation with three people, either they're here no longer here if you never met them before if they're imaginary fiction what three people would you want to speak with um hmm. first person i would love to speak with of course is my mom you know it's only been nine months i would love to speak to her um my grandmother her mother um she passed on my brother's 18th birthday right before I turned three. Mm. So my memories are few and far between. Um, the last person I would love to talk to is Madam C.J. Walker. Mm. Only reason why I say that is because I am part of the Walker clan. <laughs> Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Licensed cosmetologist runs in family. <laughs> Oh, so I would love to pick her brain about a whole bunch of stuff. Like, how the heck did you do all of this stuff? Teach me your ways. <laughs> you, know? you ever watch her film on Netflix? I tried to, but I couldn't get into it. 
was it a film? Was it a series? It may have been a series. I think it was a series. And like the first part of it, I was just like, I can't get into it because it's taken away from what really needs to be shown. Mm. It was more so you're showing a rivalry between a light skinned woman and a brown skinned woman. I didn't see it as two women that need to come together and show this is what I'm doing for a living. This is what I'm doing with my life. Mm. You always got that nitpicking. We don't need that. Show me her life. Show me her legacy. Never mind who got what going on in the background. That ain't what I came to see. Mm. Love it. Love it. I know I, I was, you know, my wife watched it. I was walking in and out of it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. kind of good. Look kind of crazy, a little dramatic, but hey. You know, right, the dramatic <laughs> Like, spare me the dramatics. I want to see the good stuff. But you know, the people love the drama, but either yeah. way, <laughs> um, I may guess, but can you share with us an impactful moment in your life? Impactful moment in my life was the day I signed on the dotted line to Go to cosmetology school mm. okay. because it it was like boost of confidence surging from the ink pen straight to my hand and going straight to the heart. So I initially went in because I wanted to do nails for a living, as you can see. <laughs> but I came in, um, signed on the dotted line, went through hell and back. From January 6th of 2011 to December 30th of 2011. And um, I was told that, you know, you're one of very few people that have graduated within the time they started. Because it's a year program. And I was frustrated because I was like, you know, I'm not going to graduate in a year like I hope to. It's going to take forever. I should have graduated two months ago, you know. And they're like, no, you actually did pretty good. So they were like, considering the things that you went through, because I got injured, um, I have a really severely pulled ligament in one of my legs, in my left leg to be exact. And my knee went out while I was working on a client. Mm. All bad. (laughs) All bad. (laughs) I, I stepped to grab something and I felt that pop again. And I was just like, oh, it's not okay. (laughs) This is not okay. So they, they tried to convince me to leave school for a while and come back. And I said, no, I got to finish. Yeah. So that was my impactful moment. Wow. Thank you for sharing with us. And for the yeah. ones who are just now tuning in, we are listening to the makings of Baby Doll with Everything Culture. Thank you all for tuning in. So yeah. let's see. Let me see what the next question could be. What is your theme song? Um, I have my theme song tattooed on me, actually. So I have beauty tattooed on my arm. Okay. And that song has always been my favorite, but it's also the industry that I'm in. So Beauty by Drew Hill is my theme song. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love how that all ties in together with everything we're doing here. I had to tie it in because if I told my mama I'm getting my favorite song tattooed on my arm, I don't care. As grown as I am, she would have beat the brakes off of me and said, pick, pick something else. <laughs> this is not happening. Well, you, you, beauty can go uh, numerous. Um, right. 
numerous ways, you know, different ways and different thoughts people can bring to that. Um, I remember, I love that song by Drew Hill. I remember, I think I was in a fashion show and I came out to that song, you know, it was just a perfect stepping out song in that sense. Yeah. Okay, a good entrance song. Yeah, I actually have a friend that anytime he sings, I'm like, can you do my song, please? <laughs> Like you ain't gonna hear the end of it. No, oh, I feel you. So, how do you define joy? Uh, joy is something that is within, yeah. something that somebody can't give to you or remove from you. It is the deep breath of relief that you give yourself. That time where you feel that endorphin release whenever you're by yourself. And you are watching your favorite movie, you're reading your favorite book, hearing your favorite song, being around somebody that you can't get tired of, which is yourself mm. and learning to love being by yourself without being lonely. <laughs> they ain't ready for all that. They ain't ready for all that. We love it. We appreciate it. Okay. What privileges do you benefit from? Um, privilege of being big. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't realize that being a big girl, you got privilege. Um, people don't mess with you as much nowadays. As a kid, they picked on you constantly because from second to sixth grade, I had no friends. I was picked on. I was bullied. Um, you know, until I got that that one moment in the sixth grade where I finally said enough is enough and had to black out on somebody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's just me. That that big privilege of don't come over here. I mean it. Because I'm not liable for what happens if you come over here and you start some stuff. You gonna mess around and find out. I'm not here for it. <laughs> oh, thank you. In what areas do you need to heal? Um, love, family, um, church hurt, um, the loss of my mother was a great one, not just because of who she was, but because of who I am to her. I'm my mother's twin, but I am, I'm not where she was when she transitioned, so the peace that she had, the joy that she had, the strength that she had. I didn't have that when she was gone and I felt lost. So I'm literally, as Jaheem would say, trying to find my way back. <laughs> I understand. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing yourself with us right now, by the way. We really appreciate that. No um, problem. Seriously. So, what makes you secure? What makes you feel safe? What makes me feel safe is knowing that when the makeup is off and the smoke and mirrors are, have gone away, I still like what I see when I look in the mirror. I still like me. I can still look myself in the face in the mirror and say, you a bad one for what you have gone through and been able to survive it all. Because I haven't been through some stuff. <laughs> hey. Ooh, we appreciate that journey. We appreciate you making it to where you're at now and, you know, here with everything culture. It was for you to share you with us once again. It means a lot. 
So, you know, just keep on pushing through. I can say that time and time again. So when did you realize you were different? Oh, um, as early as I can remember. As a child, I remember that I was completely different because a lot of people look at you crazy when you're saying, you got angel on your shoulder or you got angel touching your shoulder. <laughs> people are like, I got a what? You know, I was the child that was born with a veil over my face. As my grandmother said, I hadn't been here before. You know, I came in with the old lady laugh. <laughs> so it wasn't no cute little kid giggle. I had a grown woman laugh <laughs> since birth, you know, and having my mother tell me the journey of when she found out she was pregnant up until she gave birth to me. And finding out that when she was pregnant, she found out later on in her pregnancy, like she barely had any time to prepare because she was about six, seven months when she found out. And the doctor had told her after my oldest brother, she couldn't have kids anymore. So I was like, surprise, there's always a wild card. <laughs> so, you know, while she was pregnant with me, she fell down the steps and she was doing laundry. So basement steps, she somehow tripped. And she's like, I didn't trip on anything. You know, she's like, I was literally walking down the steps. And luckily, the basket of clothes was at the bottom of the steps. And her stomach landed right into the hamper. So had it not been down there, I'd have been done for. And so she, she would have too. You know, and then we almost died on the operating table because she had an emergency cesarean. So it took a lot to get me here. <laughs> yeah, I know we said that earlier, but you ain't joking. All throughout, it's been a journey. <laughs> goodness. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh. shout out to that basket. You know that is how yes. oh, things work together. She yeah. broke her leg and cut off her own cast after a while. <laughs> my mama was a thug. <laughs> so much, so much, so much. Okay. So this one has a question that I love asking. It's very unique, but. It's about death or traditions or rituals. So what are some of the rituals or traditions that in your culture have when someone's being buried or just a funeral in total when someone passes? Um, when someone passes, usually there's somebody designated to notify the entire family that somebody's gone or a few people are designated. Um, once they're notified, you know, you go through starting the grief process, not just going through it, but you're starting it. Um, you gather around certain relatives that you know that are actually going to be consistent and come through for you and say, okay, this is what I'm thinking for the funeral. This is when I want the funeral. Um, this is what I want for the repast. And this is when I want the repast. So the schedule is already starting to set at least one to two days after the funeral. Usually we bury our dead um, a week to two weeks after they've passed. And for us, you know, we do our funerals. We do our traditional funerals. Um, for those that have cremated the loved one, we do memorial services. And then we do our repast afterwards. And it's usually right after. Um, sometimes you'll go to the cemetery, sometimes you won't. And lately, there's been nobody going to cemeteries. They've just been, you know, funeral, 
shortly after that, you're going straight to the repast and the funeral home is going to, you know, take care of the rest. Um, maybe immediate family might go if there's a body. If there's not, there's just ashes. They're going to, um, you know, just hand it to whomever that's designated to have it. And then you do your repast. And then usually after the repast, somebody says, okay, we're going over so-and-so house afterwards. Don't come to my house. It's usually what I say. Don't come over here. <laughs> that's exactly what I say when my mom asked me, don't come over here. But for us, it was a lot different. So for us, we had um, been at the house. You know, I called two friends and they came to the house. They came to the house and to the hospital. And um, we didn't do autopsy. Um, we knew what the cause was. Um, the doctor had said her heart stopped in her sleep. So we were like, well, if you said that this is the cause of it and this is what happened and I don't necessarily need, you know, it wasn't like she tragically passed, you know, like as far as, you know, something traumatic happened. So um, we planned the funeral service, memorial service. She died on the 6th and we had it on the 15th. And it was at a local funeral home that is like three minutes away from the house. Um, across the street is the church that's connected to that funeral home and we have the repast there in their basement. Um, the memorial service was simple, straight to the point. Um, we had maybe a couple people speak. Um, we had some interesting people speak though. <laughs> um, yeah, that that whole service was, there was a doozy a couple of times <laughs> in there. But um, shortly after that, you read the pass and, you know, everybody's like, so what are we doing afterwards? I don't know what you're about to do, but I'm going home to sleep. I'm going home to sleep and I'm going to call my man. That's it. <laughs> don't, don't call me. Don't text me. I don't want to be bothered. Wow. Thank you for that detail. You know, I, um, I asked this question my niece said before when she came on the show. It's like, you know being you know black or american descendant of slaves that we really don't have a lot of culture especially and she compared it to like how we bury our folks i like that is culture you know if you don't know that not, we do have a tradition for that you know right. that, and that's why i include this question and see how um our families and our communities and our societies and our culture even though we're american it still ways people bury their loved ones in certain ways and how they right. Um, memorialize them as well so thank you I greatly appreciate that response your response okay so you have your biopic coming up who would you want to play you in your biopic who would direct it and would it go straight to theater or would it be on a network I'm gonna go ahead and start with the director first <laughs> I want Tiana Taylor to direct it. <laughs> Have you seen the way that woman work? I want I want her to do it because I know it's on. It's not only going to be fire, but it's going to be thorough and it's going to be completed on time. Okay, that woman does not play when it comes to her work ethic. As far as who's going to play me, I don't know. I I don't see nobody else trying to play me. <laughs> you cannot play yourself. You got to get somebody else. No, I know I can't play myself, but I just don't see nobody else doing it. Um, gosh. Um, I, I would want somebody like 
Angela Bassett. But she gonna have to put on a lot of weight. <laughs> she has to put on a lot of weight and they're gonna have to change the, the complexion and everything. But somebody of that kind of standard, you know, I like think. her or like Lynn Whitfield, Leela Rashawn, those three women, like the acting skills that they have are impeccable. So I would say one of them. Um, what else is And would it be in a theater or would it go to a network? Um, I would say network. Okay, what network would network I would say Netflix. Okay. And the only reason why I say that because it's a popular platform and it's something that is accessible to just about everybody. You know, but of course I would have to make a deal. If we're gonna do this, you don't have to come up with a some kind of free trial. <laughs> Give them a week oh. free. <laughs> of course you're gonna get paid like. for it. It's about you. Oh, you talk oh you cook it up, you gonna hook your people up so they can watch it too, you know. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. I like that. Love it. All right. If you were wealthy, I'm talking about money was an issue at all. You really you can buy whatever you want, do whatever you want to do with it for the rest of your life, but you had to keep a job. You had to keep a career. What would you want to do? I would still be in the beauty industry. I would just rather be behind the scenes, which is something that I've been wanting to do. I actually want to have my own line. You know, I want to be hands-on in making the eyeshadow palettes. I need you to understand that everything that is being touched is being touched with love, which is my last name. So my real last name is Love. So, you know, um, I want people to understand that this is exactly what I want you to understand that anything that you touch, I have touched. My hands, my essence, my love is in every single product that you put on or that you test out or that you pick up. Mm. So I still want to work in the beauty industry, but I want to be able to have my own cosmetic line. Granted, I'm going to be the one modeling all this stuff off. It's going to pay nobody else to do this. <laughs> hey, that 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 right there, finding ambassadors. I'm doing it as we 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 speak. Seriously, it's working. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I understand. You gotta, you know, if who goes support you like you, who go do it better than you? So you gotta do it yourself sometimes. So I support you. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So this is a two part. This is a either or. Okay. Would you rather go back in time? and speak to your younger self or would you rather your future self and come and talk to you now I would rather have my future self come and talk to me okay okay because I can't change what happened then but if I see what I am working towards and what the end game is I have room to adjust to certain things that's going to happen to soften the blow for some of the things, but at the same time, to motivate myself a little bit more. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got a few more questions. How you feeling? I'm good. Yeah, you're doing great. Appreciate <laughs> it. So, how do you relax? Uh, I relax by doing my makeup, hair, nails, um, watching some of my favorite shows. Um, 
talking to family. Um, and I don't call the people that are not related to me friends. I call them family. Um, and I even just, you know, my quiet time is very important to me. So, you know, that's how I usually unwind. And then all else fails, they're asleep. <laughs> Gotta love some of that. Exactly. Okay. So, when you think of your favorite meal, think of is this your, perhaps your last one. You have to go out with a bang. Anybody could prepare for you. What would it be? And once again, who would be the person who prepared? Okay. So, I'm pretty sure he's going to hear this and it's going to boost his head even more. But my little bro, um, Chef Lynn, he's a celebrity chef and I've been waiting <laughs> to be able to try this food out. Even though he doesn't want to do it, I've requested crawfish etouffee. Mm. <laughs> that is my favorite meal. <laughs> mm. Crawfish etouffee over a bed of rice. I want my lobster mac and cheese. <laughs> you know, I want my my favorite dessert, chocolate cake. And not just a regular chocolate cake. It's got to be chocolate all around. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Rocking it, rocking it. So, it would be crawfish etouffee, belted rice, uh, lobster mac and cheese, and for the dessert, chocolate cake with everything chocolate. Is it German chocolate or just full chocolate? Full chocolate, dark chocolate, and milk chocolate. Okay, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. And it's by Chef Lynn. Mm-hmm. You guys know him as Alpha on TikTok. <laughs> okay, okay. Love it, love it. Shout out to them. Shout out, shout out to that meal and shout out to your brother. Let's say that. Yeah. Love it. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? Halloween. <laughs> that was it. Wonder easy why. Life. I wonder why. I wonder why too. Well, and you know, in my household, Halloween was the second birthday for me. Mm. <laughs> I got toys and stuff on my birthday, and then on Halloween, I got candy. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're very unique, very unique, actually. I got to <laughs> make some phone calls soon for some birthdays coming up soon. But happy birthday again. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it, baby doll. So, we got three more questions. Okay. All right, let's knock them out. Let's knock them out. What are you doing? What are you doing differently than your parents? I'm learning to open up more and listen with intent. Um, I'm listening to comprehend, not to respond. And that is a struggle that was not just of my mother's, but of my father's as well. Um, I'm learning to, I'm learning to be more careful with who I allow in. My father is the type of person where he's never met a stranger. I'm not that friendly. You know, I am my mother's child. I'm not that friendly. I'm cordial, but, you know, I'm not going to let you in that easily. Um, learning to learning to be able to be okay with saying no. Mm. And also learning to be okay with being by myself. Wow. Love it. I appreciate it once again. This is, this is great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hmm. I'm trying to pick which one I was like to have next. 
what changes would you want to see in your culture? I want to see everybody be able to walk up to each other and tell you, I'm proud of you for who you are and what you've accomplished so far. And I can't wait to see what is to come. Genuinely being happy for each other and not looking at each other as competition. Because let me tell you, we may be skin folk, but we ain't kin folk. Mm-hmm. Also, we, you know, we're not the same. So you can't compete where you don't compare. I'm not in competition with you because that is not my goal. That is not my end game. My end game is to love on you just like you love on me. And to genuinely celebrate and be proud of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a lot going on nowadays. The last thing we need is to have daggers being thrown at us from the outside, but daggers being thrown at us on the inside too. We need more genuine loving on each other. Yeah. We can have another conversation after this, but (laughs) you know, I absolutely support those words and that message right there. So thank you. Thank you. And last but not least, how would you want people to remember you? I want them to remember me as someone who didn't give up. Even when I wanted to, I didn't give up. Love it. Love it. All right, baby doll. You've done it. You did it. You have completed No tears. See, look at that. Look, I was like, <laughs> you were so nervous before. I'm telling these people, you know. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't maybe I need to tweak my question some more, but no, I really do love when we're able to come together and have a good conversation with our guests and get to know them, you know, and we look forward to you coming back on the show as well for our future conversations. But baby doll, if the people are looking for you and you're trying to be found, where can the people find you? You can find me on TikTok, Instagram. Um, I'm not on Facebook anymore. <laughs> you can find me on Fanbase. And all of those is Baby Doll Blue without the E, M as in Mango U A. So you can find me Baby Doll Blue M U A. It's not Bulma, it's not Bluma. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with anime. <laughs> My bad. I know I haven't said it numerous times. It wasn't times. you. That, listen, it wasn't you. The first person to jack up my name was my own sister. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hey, I'm right there. I'm like, when I first saw it, I, all the time I said, okay, it's not that. It's not that. Every time I look, I think it's that, though. Yeah, she jacked my name up for an hour straight on live. <laughs> I was like, it's Blue M U A. I love it. I love it. Okay. Name is the same on all platforms. So perfect. I'll make sure we go share it with everyone. You mean I need to give me a fan base. I that's why I said I just now looked it up. Maybe Oh, I just found out that I was suspended on fan base and I had it when they started fan base. I was like, how can I get suspended? I don't have any posts. (laughs) See, see, now now you make me think of thinking twice because TikTok be on my neck all the time. So I just got off suspension. Oh listen, I just got off of a posting ban. That, like I can't even access my account, but that's a whole different thing. So, yeah. But hey, we go persevere. We ain't gonna give up. We'll keep right. But we love the work you're doing. We really appreciate you sharing you with us today. Once again, this afternoon, this evening, and y'all make sure to go check her out. Make sure to go support. We love supporting each other in the message of you know, you know, recognize the positive things that we're doing in this world and this life and how we can continue to uplift one another as we continue to go through this thing called life but as always i'm drake 
um, be Drake with everything culture. Make sure to tune into the rest of the episodes of the makings of you as well as season four that we're currently in. But I want to say thank you so much. We appreciate y'all. God bless. <laughs>